0: Everybody and welcome to our second episode of What's Your Real Job podcast. I'm your host Abby Stone, and I'm your co-host Stephanie Sawyer. In today's episode, we are joined by Jenna from the Real Songwriters of Melbourne.
1: Today we discuss turning your passion into a business, burning out, and then starting all over again.
0: Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome, Jenna.
2: Hey, girls. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thanks for so being nice. on.
0: Yeah. So for anyone that's listening, um, I'm going to give you a little brief overview of what Jenna does and our relationship with her. Um, And then I'm going to let you delve into the the juicy parts of it. But basically, Jenna and I have been friends for a little while, Um, actually quite a few years. We started off in singing competitions together uh, when we were younger. And now Jenna has gone on to create an incredible platform for emerging songwriters in the Melbourne music industry called The Real Songwriters of Melbourne. So I'm going to throw this over to you, Jenna, and can you please explain to us and just describe what exactly it is that you do? Oh,
2: thank you. Thank you so much for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, where do I start? Um, so... The Real Songwriters of Melbourne was created from an assignment that I had at university when I was studying Bachelor of Journalism back in about six, seven years ago. And the assignment was to create a blog about whatever I wanted. And I had recently um, switched from a Bachelor of Music into this course because when I was studying Bachelor of Music, everyone there was you know, wanting to become a classroom music teacher. And for me, I didn't really see myself as a classroom music teacher because I didn't really enjoy music at school. So when I transitioned into Bachelor of Journalism, it was kind of like a backup plan for me. So when we got given this task, I was like, sick, I can create a blog about whatever I want. Music is all I know. So let's do a music blog. Um, and so the assignment was basically just to create an about page and create one blog post with a couple of tweets. Because back then Twitter was like a big thing, big deal back six, seven years ago. So I thought, okay, what am I going to write about? I, I like music and I enjoy writing. So what, what am I going to write about? And when I was studying at, you know, studying music, I met so many talented songwriters and throughout my whole singing career, like I've met so many talented songwriters like yourself. And I thought, gee, like they are so good. They are so, so damn talented. You know, they deserve to be heard. Their stories deserve to be mentioned because, you know, back then you used to read like, you know, all these publications and they talk about the same artists all the time, you know? So That's when I thought, okay, I'm going to write about these songwriters that I really like and who deserve to, you know, be seen. So that's when I contacted the Dear Abby Stone and I said, hey, can I interview you for an assignment that I'm doing? And then six years later, here we are today.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So just a little bit more in depth, I guess, about like specifically what Real Songwriters has to offer. Can you give us a little bit of info on that?
2: Yes, of course. So from there, um, for about two years or so, it was predominantly just an online blog where I would write feature articles and stories about these particular songwriters, but not just the whole news part. You know, not, I didn't want to be the same as a publication. I wanted to dive deeper into their journey, how they approach songwriting, what are some songwriting techniques that they use, any ideas, um, and obviously talking in depth more about their songs. So for a couple of years, it was just predominantly a blog. And then later on, I thought, okay, let's take it from online to offline And that's when I was given the opportunity to host a a show basically um, at a local Melbourne venue. And I thought, great, this is my opportunity to bring these original artists who are struggling to get gigs, Um, because as many of us know, getting a gig in the original music scene is very, can be quite competitive and quite challenging. So I started Real Songwriters Live back, this was made, this is going back maybe four years ago. And it pretty much was an opportunity for any original artist, no matter how many followers they had, no matter how many, how much experience they had, um, you know, gave them the opportunity to perform their songs and with the potential to have their music heard. And for a while, it was doing really well. I was doing weekly Sunday shows, which Abby, you were a part of as well. Um, And then I thought, let's go bigger. So since then I've had six sold-out shows with about 100 people per show. Uh, we had some at the Wesleyan, the Workers' Club um, and Wick Studios in Brunswick, which were the latest ones. And um, it really like the artists involved were just so awesome. They were so grateful. You know, I obviously used a lot of PR so I got them talking on community radio talk, got them on TV, like 1700, you know, got them articles in Beat Magazine and things like that. All for, all from like, they didn't have to pay to do it. It was just back then, you know, it was just the kindness that I wanted to give to them and give them the opportunity to practice speaking on camera and speaking on radio. So. I kind of wanted it to be not just a performance, but an experience where they got to learn how to be a businesswoman because, or a business person, because as a musician, you don't, you you don't have to just know how to sing. You got to know how to talk to the media, you know, you got to learn how to set up a show. So I really wanted the RSOM live experience to be not just the performance, but about the whole thing, you know? So yeah, I don't know. And then I've also done a bit of um, PR as well. So that's when it started. I feel like Real Songwriters is just a collection of things, you know, so um, then I got approached by um, an artist about a couple of years back as well and said, hey, I'm about to release my debut EP, can you help me promote it? And I said, yeah, why not? Like over the years I've made contacts at various local radio stations and I thought, yeah, why not? I'm more than happy to try. And so for me, it helped me develop my skills as well. You know, now that I've graduated with a Bachelor of Journalism, I've got so much behind me. Um, so, yeah, so we've started Real Songwriters PR and so I guess we've kind of got a little bit of things um, going on. So, it's a, yeah, it's a lot happening. But, um, yeah, it's been an amazing six years and I'm looking forward to what the next six years are going to bring.
1: That's really cool. Um, I'm just wondering, only because I don't know a lot about the platform, um, how does someone go about being on the platform as a songwriter or for PR?
2: Yeah, so I just get them to email me. Um, They send through a bio, a couple songs, um, anything really, and then yeah, have a listen. And yeah, we can, we always touch base. We can sometimes, I, I used to, well, back when we could do this, you know, you could meet up for coffee. Cause I'm like type of person that likes to catch up in person, you know, catch up for coffee and have a chat about their goals and what they want to do. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a team effort, you know, like they tell me what they want to do and I give them my ideas and then, yeah, so that's more for the PR Um, And for the lives, it's pretty much the same, just catching up over email and applying, yeah.
0: In relation to the fact that you are very, like, hands-on and you like to, you know, meet face-to-face and have those kinds of relationships with the people that you work with, I'm interested to know how your model has kind of adapted in the time of COVID-19.
2: Yeah, so... um, COVID-19 has been very interesting for me. Um, It gave me the opportunity to go back to the beginning because now that we can't see each other in person, I kind of thought back to when I first started The Real Songwriters back in 2014 and everything was online, you know. I had feature blogs online. I was using Facebook and Instagram a lot to promote these songwriters and back when, it, back in March, I was seeing so many live streams on Instagram of artists who would either be performing or participating in certain things. And I thought, you know, I used to do this all the time. Like I even did a six-episode web series from this, which is all on YouTube. You can watch the episodes on YouTube. I thought, why not bring this, bring Real Songwriters Live to Instagram but put it in an hour format give them the opportunity to share their story like I used to do on the blogs and also have a, you know, 10 to 15 minute performance. So um, Real Songwriters is actually back online properly. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've been doing live streams for about two months now and it's been going so well, Yeah.
0: It's very clear then in that case, seeing as you've gone kind of back to the beginning it's very clear that real songwriters of Melbourne had a very strong foundation to begin with then because the fact that you've you've built that already that foundation and then you expanded from that and then you've kind of gone back to that original plan it just goes to show that you can continue further on. And it's kind of limitless what you can do with Real Songwriters. And that's kind of what, well, that's one of the reasons that I am such a massive fan of this platform. And for any of our younger listeners or just emerging artists that might be listening, I think something like The Real Songwriters of Melbourne is such an exciting platform platform that I'm really passionate about and I I really urge you to get in contact with Jenna and the platform and and see what you guys can do together because there there truly is nothing like it and that's what I've said from the second that you started at Jenna and that leads me to my next question which is what led you to the understanding that there was a space in the music industry for Real Songwriters of Melbourne and what determined that for you that there was a gap in the industry for it?
2: As I was saying before, thank you, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for that, by the way. I guess as I was saying before, um, before I got the opportunity to develop this, um, I was predominantly a full-time musician. So I, although I wasn't an original singer-songwriter, I'm well, ex- well versed in, you know, performing around Melbourne. I've done stints overseas and I know how challenging it is to become you know, to make it. I know how challenging that is because, you know, for me as a corporate artist, when I was performing in wedding bands and stuff, even the, even the corporate scene is very competitive. So I could only imagine how much harder it is for original artists to get that opportunity because it is so damn competitive. So I guess, like, as I said, I just met all these talented songwriters that when I would ask them, like, what are you doing to promote your music? They'll just say, Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't really um, have the finances or I don't really have the motivation. Um, they didn't like back then, I guess, back six years ago, social media wasn't a big thing for artists to share their music. So I guess for real songwriters, by promoting them on Facebook and Instagram, you know, it started like that's how they gained followers because back it started to grow. Social media started to grow. Whereas now, you know, you're finding music on Instagram now. You find music on Facebook. Back then it was just really YouTube. TikTok as well. TikTok, yeah. Crazy. So I guess, I mean, I've always been the type that loves to help people. I don't know. It's just, it's just been in my nature. Um, I've always worked in customer service facing roles where I'm always helping others. So I don't know, like, it's just that that's what my passion is. My passion is to help people and why not use that with music, which is also a huge passion of mine.
1: That's really cool. I love that. And I love that you've taken things that, you know, aren't totally creative related, like your passion of helping people and communication skills and stuff. And you've realised that that's something that you can do. You've kind of turned your really good personality traits and good job traits into a job that you've made creative. And I'm just wondering, I did want to backtrack a little bit and find out, like from high school, how did you, what steps did you take to say, this is what I want to do in uni? I, I want to go back a little bit and see like what made you think about what you wanted to do in your future when you were younger?
2: Yeah, well, I think too when I was in year 10 and that's when we had to start thinking about work experience and we had our careers coordinator and uh, I went to a private all-girls school where, you know, they, everyone, well, not me, but the 50% of my year level got over 90 in their ATAR. So when I walked into the room and my careers teacher said, okay, Jenna, so what do you want
0: to do when you finish um, high school? I said that I wanted hold to on, be- hold, in, hold, you on, hold on, hold on, hold on, That cannot be an accurate <laughs> percentage. 50% of your year level got yeah. over? You're joking. Yeah. Okay. Well, you need to send my kids there.
2: well i look i we had a small year level we were only 80 girls so to say 40 girls got 50 i mean over 90 is crazy but um i i was just a smidge nearly i was a smidge there um i was very smart back in the day (laughs) i was very smart picked all the subjects that I knew I was good at and as soon as I got the opportunity to get rid of maths oh my god thank god I got rid of maths I got rid of science I'm like I don't need this we're all nodding our heads for anyone listening we're all nodding our heads (laughs) I am a creative writer who plays music right so when my careers teacher said okay what do you want to what do you what courses are you looking at applying for and, yeah, and that's when I said, um, you know, I'm thinking about music. She's like, okay, we really need to think of an alternative here. We really need to think of an alternative here. And I'm thinking, well, every morning before I go to school, the Today Show would be on, and I used to watch Richard Wilkins do the entertainment special, and I'm thinking, gee, that'll be all right. That'll be fun. I wouldn't mind interviewing some musicians. That'll, that's a cool job. So in my preferences, I put media as a second option, but I never thought that I would never, ever thought that I would pursue media as a job. You know, I always like, since I was seven, I was singing, I was doing competitions. I was performing. I did live on street Festa. I did everything. So, you know, my parents thought I was going to be a wedding singer. So for me to turn around one day, you know, all those, well, a few years ago and say, I'm not studying music, to them it was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Like they actually thought that I was going crazy.
1: And I so said no. Were, sorry, they were quite supportive
2: in your. percent oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But because I've been so focused in my music, you know, and I was very serious with it too, you know, um, the, when I kept saying all these years I want to be a musician, I want to study music, this and that, and then for all of them to all of a sudden turn around and, I, and me say no, you know, it was, of course they're very supportive, of course they are, but it was still quite a shock for them to be like, oh, my God, really? Like, you don't you want to sing? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's really funny.
0: It's so interesting to hear you say that because the point of this podcast too and something that, i'm sure almost every creative person has heard in their entire life is you know when are you going to get a real job what's your real job get a real job you know what are you doing with your life and even though you kind of got that from what seems to be your teachers it's so lovely to hear you say the opposite of that was um was coming from home you know you had your parents who were who were shocked you know the opposite they were shocked that you weren't pursuing a creative field that you were doing kind of what almost I don't want to say what society expected of you because that's not the case you didn't do that for that reason but you know you were doing something a little bit more traditional by going to uni and studying something that wasn't necessarily creative if you will and your parents were kind of like what what do you mean you know it was kind of like the opposite of when you're going to get a real job it's like why are you trying to get a real job (laughs) so I'm curious Uh Music was, is music a real job too? Like <laughs> well, that's, that's what I want to ask, you know, other than your teachers or your course counsellors or whatever the case was at high school, did you ever receive any kind of influence saying, you know, when are you going to get a real job? What's going on here? You know? Yeah, well,
2: it's funny because like being a musician and being in a band, you know, I would be working every Saturday night, you know, Saturday, Sunday. That's not normal. That's not a normal Monday to Friday, nine to five job. Whereas all my friends, you know, they'd work in hospitality, they'd work in retail. Do you know what I mean? Or they'd be a tradie. Tradies don't, tradies go out on a Saturday night. They don't go and sing at a wedding. They don't go and sing at a, at a pub. No, I was the one that was doing that. So when you know, now that I'm not performing because I don't I don't perform anymore, I haven't performed for a while, it actually feels nice to have a weekend.
1: <laughs> because it's I it's useful for creative. Right. It's something yeah. for us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like we we're talking about this. I was talking about this the other day. Like a weekend for a musician is a Monday-Tuesday because they would be singing Thursday to Sunday. Do you know what I mean? So I've always been known as the odd one out in any situation. In school I was always the odd one out, you know, so it just made sense for me to be a musician because I was always I was the odd one out. I wasn't doing what my friends were doing. I never have. I've always been the different one. So yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the best. I love that. That's what I love about you, the fact that you're always kind of running your own race, you're doing your own thing. I want to I want you to kind of talk about the period in which you stopped doing Real Songwriters and, and why?
2: I guess I went through a quarter-life crisis at the age of 25. I, when I finished high school, I didn't have a break. I didn't have a gap year. I went straight to uni, right? And then I did six months of that and then I switched courses and I went to, uh, went to La Trobe and I studied journalism at La Trobe, right? I didn't stop. Then at 19 years old, I started the Real Songwriters of Melbourne and – I don't know, like I'm very, I can say I'm very mature for my age well, I'm 26 next week, but I can say that at 19, I was very headstrong and, you know, wanted to have a career and wanted to pursue this as my full-time thing. So, um, obviously I had other jobs on the side because I'm trying so hard to make real songwriters, my full-time gig that I still need to be paid. So, um, I was, well, I still am working um, at another job that's completely different to the music industry and I'm, don't really want to blow smoke up my ass. but I'm pretty good at my damn job. (laughs) Um, So it got to the point last year where that job was so successful and I was going overseas quite a lot with it. Um... And it took over my life. This job has a very big habit of taking over my life. Um, And I think with certain other things that happened in my life, I realised that I needed a break because things just weren't working. You know, I was trying to do things with real songwriters and it wasn't working, you know. Um, Things kept falling through and I thought, enough. Like, and for me to admit to myself to stop, was a very very big decision. I had two beautiful girls that were volunteering for me you know that were dedicating their time and you know developing their writing skills and media skills that I love so much and I'm so grateful for everything that they've ever done um and I had to tell them that I can't do it. I said I need I need a break. I just said to them I need a break and for me, guys, I, I was breaking down. I was crying. It was so hard. And it got to the point where I didn't even think that I would do it again. You know, it just, something just wasn't right. And I remember talking to a few people and they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, you know, you just, you'll just take a break. Like you'll find your passion again, you'll do it. And I was, I think I was saying to myself, like, I don't know. I don't know if I will. Um, so I had my quarter life crises And that went for about, I don't know, what, six months and it was amazing. I traveled the world, I went out, I felt like, guys, I felt like I was 19, 18. I was doing things that I wasn't even doing when I was 18, you know. I was going out a lot, I went to festivals, Um, I was socializing more. I felt like a normal, a normal person. Which is weird. Like, I felt normal. I was having a regular job, nine to five. On Saturdays, I would go out for dinner, go out clubbing, whatever. And I loved it. You know, I was very still successful with my job. Um, and then, yeah, it got to the end of the year and I thought, okay, all right, your stint's, your stint's over. You need to grow up now. Back to being 25. What we gotta save for a house here? Like, you gotta get a career you got to get this shit going. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And then basically COVID, I thank COVID-19 honestly, because the world slowed down for me with work. So um, yeah, it gave me the opportunity to find my, be more productive with my time at home. Um, And yeah, that's when I found the love for real songwriters again. And Honestly, I'm so happy that I found that again. I found that spark. I'm so happy. Yeah.
1: Can I ask, what was that spark? What did reinvigorate that passion? Was it something that you were thinking about, talking about, just the fact that you did need that break and you were kind of like excited and re-energised to go back? Or was it something in particular that re-sparked it?
2: To be honest, it was COVID because I have so many friends that are musicians. Like, um, like like, yourself, Abby, and I have another close friend of mine who are full-time musicians, you know, that's all they do. And they, I remember waking up and seeing everything on the news saying, you know, musicians are waking up today with calendar, their calendar all wiped out. They've got no gigs. And my friend was really, really upset. She's like, oh my God, I have to go to Centrelink. Like I've got, I've got nothing. Like all my wedding gigs are booked, uh, canceled. You know, I'm trying, she was like, she was trying so hard. She's releasing music and you know, everything just stopped for her. And I don't know, I felt, I just felt like, yeah, I just felt really upset about it all because as much as I'm not singing anymore, I'm still a part of the music industry. And to see all the news about it collapsing and, you know, how musicians are getting support and things like that, I don't know, it really really inspired me to do something. And I was in bed one day (laughs) on a day off and I said to myself, I'm going to have a shower, I'm going to put my makeup on, I'm going to charge my camera and I'm going to film a video and I'm going to put it on Instagram and I'm going to bring Real Songwriters Live back, but on Instagram, obviously. I don't know how, I don't know where it came from, this idea, but I FaceTime my best friend and I'm and just like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, my God, you're putting my makeup on. We're at home, we're in lockdown. What am I putting makeup on for? I am just going to film this Instagram video. I'm, I'm, I've decided to do this. Because when I was at home in lockdown with everything that was happening in the world, I've, I'm, oh, what's the word? Um, I'm an empath. Is that the word? So I feel when someone's sick, I feel sick. When someone's sad, I feel sad. I'm a sponge. So with everything happening in the world, I couldn't get out of bed. (laughs) It's really weird for me to say that because I seem like such an outgoing person, but I've been struggling a lot with anxiety over the last couple of months. And I've never ever admitted that because I've never experienced it. And it's something that I have friends that have and um, you know, friends that talk about it. But for me to actually admit that I had anxiety was really hard. So this for me has been an outlet you know, to help me, you know, feel positive because I'm not the type of person that's in bed all the day. I'm the type of person that goes out, socializes with friends. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't just, it wasn't just what was happening. It was something to get me feel human again, because even with my quarter life crises, I felt like I changed as a person. So I really wanted to get the old me the hard working motivated me back and yeah, just slowly coming together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can definitely relate to what you're saying in the sense of feeling this heaviness that's around at the moment. I think a lot of people are feeling really down and anxious and unsure of what's going to happen in the next few months because literally not a soul knows. Um, And in relation to that, I want to ask what your relationship with success looks like and what that feels like in a time like this. So how do you make yourself feel not necessarily successful, but does, does your relationship with success change according to that empath inside of you?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, I I need validation and verification from people. I find that I'm a bit, not. I'm not going to say self-conscious, but I'm not a very confident person, which is so, again, so weird for me to say that because I look confident, but I'm very indecisive. So I find that I'm always talking to my friends, um, you know, and Abby, you're one of them. Um, you know, I talk to, especially you about music cause you're in the industry. I'm always bouncing ideas cause I need that. I need someone to say, yes, that's fine. That's great. You should do it. You know? So over the past couple of months when these lives and I've noticed the engagement has grown for me, that's validation that what I'm doing is successful because I'm getting that feedback. I'm getting people saying like when I have these lives with the artists, they're saying, oh my God, thank you. Like I haven't sung in two months, you know, to get that. It makes me feel so good. You know, I don't, it doesn't matter if one person is watching or if 20 people are watching for those artists to say to me, thank you for giving me the opportunity to perform because I've been locked inside my house for two months. To me, it makes me feel successful because again, it goes back to my passion for helping people, so um, yes, and I, yeah, and I guess seeing the engagement grow and grow, like we've gained fifty followers in two weeks. I wasn't getting fifty followers in two weeks back many years ago, you know, so in order to see that my page has grown fifty followers in two weeks, again, like if I'm looking at it with logistically looking at numbers, yeah, that is successful, but. I don't really care about that a lot. Like, I care about it, obviously, because it means that the page is spreading and that people are finding out more about it. But when an artist, even when I did a PR campaign or, you know, I I, um, I don't know, if you know Rhea Park? Yeah. I gave her her first TV interview on 1700. She's like, oh, my God, I've never been on TV before. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, really? Like, oh, my God, really? You're, you're Rhea Park. so the fact that I could give her that opportunity to do that it made me feel great it made me feel good about myself and to me that's successful when I see someone you know feel better I guess or get that if that makes sense
1: yeah, that's awesome. You you have a very um, energetic, beautiful soul. Like, we've never spoken before, but you, you seem so passionate and so um, compassionate as well for other people and other artists in the industry, which is really nice to hear and see. Like, we're not, you know, in the same creative arts industry, but it's hard to find other people who are so kind of excited about what they do so it's really refreshing for me to hear but I do have another question um on on what Abby just asked you and on something that you said before about feeling like a normal person you know going out Fridays and Saturday nights and things like that which is something that we can all relate to I wanted to know and maybe it's a little bit of a difficult question because we are in this COVID situation, but how do you or how will you have a work life balance? You know, I know you work hard and you do have another job. How, what does a work life balance look like to you?
2: That is something that I constantly battle with all the time, all the time. Um, so I have two jobs. This is obviously my side job that I want to make my full time job, but you know, I have to say I do have a full-time job. Um, So work-life balance was one of the main reasons why I had to stop last year because I didn't have one. I didn't have a life. So for those six months that I took off from doing this, I was living a life. I went overseas, you know, I, you know, went out a lot and, you know, made really close friends who I'm really grateful to have still at the moment. Um, something It's something that's always struggled with me. Like even now, um, what I'm trying to focus on at the moment during lockdown is focusing on myself because I know how it feels when, you're, when you've got too much. Um, and I'm really lucky to have a team at my normal job that are really supportive of me and what I want to do. Um, I'm really proud to call them my friends as well. Um, that's why I think I've stuck around at this job because the support network there is amazing. So they, I really supportive. If I want to have time off, they've given it to me. I had to take a week sick cause I just felt I just couldn't get out of bed. So, you know, I was really happy for them to say, yeah, that's fine. Take it off. But um, work-life balance has always been something that's been challenging. Um, but I love working too. I love working, you know, um, I enjoy my jobs. I enjoy my full-time job and I enjoy this job, but I don't call this a job. Do you know what I mean? I call this my passion, but you know, on paper, I have to call it a job when I do, you know, the boring stuff. So it's something that I have learned a lot about this year. And I've, especially during lockdown, you know, I learned the importance of taking care and taking time out. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a work in progress for me still, but I've seen what it looks like when it's too much. And I've seen what it looks like when you've taken it easy and, you know, let things go and taking a break. And I really, I'm really happy that I did take a break. You know, because 2019, I mean, everyone wanted 2020 to be the year, but for me, 2019 was my year. That was the best year of my life. You know, apart from what happened with real songwriters, for me personally, 2019 was the best year of my life. So I'm happy that I did it because it's given me, like you said before, it's given me the motivation to pursue it. And the fact that I'm pursuing it again. It just makes sense that I need to be here. This is this is what I need to do. So I'm very, very happy when I got out of bed that day and made that video because, you know, and I know you, Abby, were like, oh my God, thank God, because everyone thought I was going crazy when I said that I was gonna stop real songwriters. So, <laughs> well, so
0: yeah. I thought you were crazy because I'm like I said earlier, I'm a really big advocate for this platform because a I love you and the passion that you put into it but also separate from that I just think it's so unique and so special and it really is um something that is lacking from our industry like we I I find that we can have a really supportive industry at times um, but there are also times that we don't necessarily not based on any factor other than you know everyone's just kind of Doing their own thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then you get somebody like yourself, Jenna, that comes in and is purely there to help because you are passionate about doing that. Yeah, it's just something that's really special. And it made me sad when when you said you were going to stop because, firstly, I knew that it was kind of running you into the ground a bit, and that first and foremost was you know distressing. But um, secondly, because yeah, I didn't want to see the platform go away. So I was like ready to take the reins. I was like, oh, "I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll run real songwriters, <laughs> like whatever. Like, I just wanted you to keep going. Um, and I'm so glad that you have. Um, I have one last thing to add before we maybe wrap this up. And that is for anybody that is listening and, and just heard everything that Jenna said in regards to a work-life balance, my little two cents for that is I think it all comes down to setting boundaries for yourself And as somebody that has kind of dealt with that anxiety pretty much my whole career as a creative person, the one thing that has helped me through it is knowing when to say no, knowing when to listen to myself and really filtering through the opportunities and knowing that you have absolutely every right to say no to something if it just doesn't fit for you or if it doesn't suit you. Um, And that doesn't mean that you should work any less hard than you are you should work really hard and try and push yourself but also know that your mental health comes before your what your idea of success is so I really hope that everyone takes something from that and Jenna I'm so appreciative of you opening us opening up to us about your experience with kind of burning out a little bit because not a lot of people have the the candour to be honest about something like that. So I really respect you coming on here and speaking about that. But Steph, is there anything you'd like to add or ask Jenna before we wrap things up?
1: Just based on what you were saying about how to deal with the anxieties and burning out and things like that, something a little bit more tactile and physical that I like to do is write everything down. I find it really good like I felt so overwhelmed just today. We're in COVID. I don't have a job. I'm doing this fun as podcast. I, you know, I'm, I'm not really doing anything, but the thought of having like kind of a lot to do towards the end of the day, that just gave me anxiety. So I kind of sat down, I wrote out a to-do list and just seeing it visually in front of me was like Oh, that's better. Okay, I know what I'm doing and I'm kind of preparing myself. And yeah, it kind of took the anxiety out of my body and put it onto some paper. So I find that's a good way of doing it as well. But yes, thank you, Jenna. It was really, really nice to meet you and talk to you. You're so passionate and it was like I said before, it was really refreshing talking to somebody like you.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much. And I guess I guess I just want to take the opportunity to thank you guys and thank everyone that has, you know, helped me and supported me throughout the whole journey, regardless of COVID or not, throughout this whole time of Real Songwriters. Like, even when I was taking time out, I had artists reach out to me and ask me if it was ever coming back or if I was okay. And I will always remember those people and I will always, you know, support them as well. So thank you, Steph, and thank you, Abby, for letting me speak. you know, I feel like I speak too much, but (laughs) it was a great opportunity. So thank you so much. And this podcast is great. I can't wait to hear more.
0: As normal, we're going to put all of Jenna's information into our show notes this week. If you guys have any comments, questions, or inquiries, feel free to email us at our email address, which will also be in the show notes. But Jenna, thank you so very much. We're going to be back next week probably with another incredible guest. This is so much fun getting to chat to people every week. I love it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Woo. Bye.